0: About All right, so um, welcome to uh, this week's version of the Fellows Five podcast. Um, today's topic uh is one that's hopefully um. You know, when you listen.
1: Cats on the back, cats on the back. Oh, so you want to do it? Oh, we're gonna do it. Okay, I didn't think you wanted to do it. I thought we were gonna hold off on doing it. <laughs> we're doing we're well, well, ahead of what? This
0: whole beginning. Right. Yeah, no, we, beginning. we don't have the beginning. We don't talk
1: about stuff because that's what we do. We talk we, about things. Um,
0: can we edit the beginning, though, so it's not like this?
1: If we, if we felt like it, but I don't know if I want to. I think I like this. I think this is real, which I want to edit it.
0: I like it raw like this.
1: Oh, yeah. pause. Quoting right, so, the old dirty. Another, ding, 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 ding. another random ding, ding.
0: opening. All right. Welcome to this week's <laughs> version of uh, the Fellows 5 podcast. Uh, she seven. We got one, one <laughs> participating today. Um, what if I don't participate? What's that?
1: What if I don't feel like saying anything? No, I, I feel like I
0: have to. Take the whole beginning away. Just take it
1: away. <laughs> oh, boy. We're giving structure, but I mean, we don't have to, I mean, we don't have to read from the cue cards. I mean, we, we should Everybody, be like, right. I want structure. I want structure. I want structure. <laughs> nah, damn the <it's> structure. We-
0: <laughs> nah, <I have> structure. <laughs> At least for this one, so yeah, I, right. yeah, damn it. Um, good start, Kevin. No, I stretch, no, Kevin. no, I got it. <laughs> Y'all got it. Um, yeah, I ain't saying nothing. It's a beautiful
2: neighborhood. Today. So, you today, say- oh, you lucky. I hear that the conversation is going to revolve around the American dream, and considering what's happened in the last 48 hours, I feel like we all have
1: a Bit want to do that one. I didn't say I didn't want to. I said I thought we weren't going to because we were we were gonna get the fourth gets get at least four out of five. This is three. That's what I thought. I mean that's I what I thought. Very, but we could talk about it. I feel
0: very three fifths of a podcast, if you will. You know what I mean? Well, not feeling very whole.
1: That's not strong. It's not we strong. can talk about but, I mean that's if you get a sixty in a class, I mean That would be actually a good segue, because how does one
0: have a dream when one started as three-fifths of a person? Can three-fifths of a person even dream? Is the dream to be whole? Are we whole? I mean, not according to this society, so... Expand on that.
2: Well, I mean, it's not as though, like, the founding of this country included all people that was actually in the country, so it's not exactly... uh, as though so we can even say even wrap our heads around the fact that um, this could even like be something that includes us as as African Americans as black people so um, like we were we were there when everything was founded we were there when these things were created we were there when uh the the pieces were put together but we weren't included
1: as women. women,
2: right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's the the structure of this thing that we're in now never reflected us or our opinions or anything like that. So, um, yeah. I mean, that's just, that just is what it is. So, when you say like, can three fifths of a person have a dream? Not according to the people that started all of this. They weren't even uh,
1: consideration at the time. So, uh, can everybody hear me? Okay, am I still yeah. coming through? All right. Yeah. So, um, what? So, I, I guess to back, kind of back up and make sure we're starting on the same page. Um, here's one one explanation of the American dream. The American dream is the belief that anyone, regardless of where they were born or what class they were born into, can attain their own version of success in a society, excuse me, in a society where upward mobility is possible for everyone. The American dream is achieved through sacrifice, risk-taking, and hard work rather than by chance. Um, (laughs) So, right. So, so it's interesting when we talk about the idea of the American dream, kind of like to the points that were made already um sure it it is it was kind of designed for anyone but i think anyone in this capacity wasn't everyone right i think it was i think it was anyone that was at the table i think it was you know anyone that happened to be in the room and you know not taking care of the babies or not you know bringing the food out and then you're refreshing the water right so you know not even to be you know so so kind of like uh course about it but i but i think that's the truth i think back then we weren't we weren't talking about everyone we were talking about anyone just like how you know you hear man in a lot of these and men the word not people right it was spoken to these doctor these doctrines and these uh, um you know documents from back in the day um so i think it's an ideal, and i think it's it's I think it was intended to accept when it was written it was not all inclusive. Which which is unfortunate because, you know, everybody made this what it is today. Everybody. All people. People that are started here, the people that came here. So
0: Gavin, go. No, nah, uh you know, Chris Chris just joined and uh just to fill you one Chris, we uh kind of stumbled into the American dream topic and uh just really getting started and quan, quan started so you came in right on the beginning and um I guess you know I'll I'll start with kinda and maybe we can go around and do this. Um in Kwan you already kinda did this like what is what does it mean to you? Um what it, is it attainable in today's world. Um and of course, you know, we're we're recording this, I think it's the twenty fourth of September um a day after we got the um the the news on a non-indictment of the uh police officers who murdered brianna taylor so um so um i mean i guess one was indicted for once an endangerment where the bullets uh which entered the other apartments and caused damage um i guess justified more of a, a response than the bullets which entered her body and killed her so um so that's kind of the framing on this um the american dream to me um i guess i <laughs> leaving that but coming back and going to come back to that obviously but um and i agree with what warren said and what quan said about um the, the dream i guess the ideal of that it's it's twofold i guess right it's like when you talk about the beginning of the country obviously when you think about all you know the beginning all men are created equal or uh mankind this mankind that yeah it was only man and at that point the only men that mattered were white men who owned property um they were the only ones who had the right to vote the only one that had rights period um and we joked earlier that you know we started tonight we only had three fifths of our of our five you know black people were only three fifths of a person men even like women didn't get that right until later but black men for rights of census and 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 counting the population only counted as three-fifths of a person and uh you know so, so from 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 going from there and kind of interspersing that or yeah slicing in with some other insights. so like i work in finance and uh another one of my friends uh in the industry is starting a podcast similar to this i guess about financial literacy for black folks and uh his his the name of the podcast is from share to shareholder and
1: um i love it yeah well that's done. cute i'm a sport yeah i endorse it
0: and to me that's kind of the story right like i think while the american dream for immigrants um for people coming to america was <laughs> this land of opportunity and like warren said if you work hard you have a chance to make it here um and it's you know that big city dream like new york city if you can make it here you can make it anywhere um and to to some extent it's kind of true but for me you know going back to that idea from from to shareholder you know my grandparent well my grandfather remembers like being a young sharecropper in a sense and and picking cotton and, and working in the fields um you know, obviously slavery was abolished, but like the practices uh, weren't, you know, people still needed to to, to farm land and, and to do things. And I guess, you know, it's a form of indentured servitude. So in a sense, like from my ancestors, do I feel like I'm living the dream? Maybe. Right. But like. You know, in, in my own life, do I feel blessed in a certain way? Certainly. Um you know, I I started in Orange Orange, New Jersey, uh, which is like eight or nine miles outside of New York City. Um, and uh, it's it's an urban environment. You know, we we were maybe lower to middle income, middle class, I should say. Um, and that's how everybody that was from there is. So, um, to be able to say, you know, I left that environment, and got an MBA, and you know owned a house and all that stuff um i think my grandfather would be proud to bring it back to that so yeah i think i would i would have accomplished some sort of a dream but at the same time having those accomplishments or those experiences like and given what's going on in the world today and given how far we still have yet to go i don't feel like i don't feel like it right it doesn't feel i don't feel like this is the dream I don't feel like this is what Martin had in mind when he said you know one day you know my little my my black children will play with little white children and everything will be okay like sure the kids play today and there's more intermixed and like it's not segregated as it was before but you know rights are still a long way off and, and and the real meaning of like do I have the right to walk outside and just feel safe um not from you know, uh, inner city environment, but just like safe. Like if I get pulled over by the cops, am I safe? Um, if I happen to be, if I make a wrong turn and end up somewhere um, in, in like a, a, a extra nice neighborhood, right? Like it used to be growing up where I grew up, you made a wrong turn, like, oh shit, I want to be in this neighborhood because like they fight over there or they, they shoot over there. Like if I make a wrong turn and end up in a, a, a wealthy development Am I safe in there? Like, is somebody gonna immediately be like, "Yo, you don't belong here. I'm calling the cops." And then, and then what? Um. And I, I, that can't be the dream, like you know. I don't, I don't know. That's not all those other things, you know. If I'm wearing a hoodie and some some basketball shorts, I don't look like I got an NBA and I don't look like I, I work in finance. Like, I look like a threat to a lot of people, and that, is, that doesn't feel like the dream to me. So I don't know. That's a long, a long answer, and I know I want to go around, but. What what are some of you guys' thoughts? Um,
2: it was actually funny. I did this as like a joke, but it was actually ended up being spot on. And I want to say it was back in college. Um, it could have been high school though. We were we were talking about the American dream, and I was like, "Can I um, can I bring in like a clip of something, and we could talk about it? We can watch it before class and then talk about it." Um, and teacher professor was like real, like, giving me this real questionable look because, obviously, you know, how I uh, how I can be sometimes with my recommendations. <laughs> um, but I, I brought in Scarface, and we watched like the first couple minutes of Scarface. And for those who don't know the story of Scarface, you should at this point, but um, an immigrant from Cuba comes to America, and it's the rags to riches story. Now, it's not the legal version, but it is... Beyond the shadow of a doubt, the American dream of pulling stuff up by your bootstraps, you know, through your own hard work, determination, you know, your own guile, whatever you want to call it, you you go from nothing to something, if not everything. Um and the ability to do that, that is the the promise of this land that we call the land of the free and the home of the brave, of you have that ability to to start, you know something in your basement or in your dorm room or in your bathtub and, you know, become a a force, you know, on the global scale that you don't have that opportunity in other countries, other places, other parts of the world, you know, you have caste systems, you have, you know, all sorts of other hierarchies or, you know, things that exist where there are limitations on what you can contribute as an individual. Whereas in America, it is perceived that you don't have those limitations. However, the reality of it is, at least if you've grown up here, if you've been here long enough, that there are limitations. There are expectations, there are boxes that people fit into, and there are things ascribed to individuals. Um, And the, the structure that exists is either going to propel you for certain reasons or it's gonna hold you back for other reasons. So for instance, the there is a an American dream for people of color as long as they want to be entertainers or athletes or influencers to a certain extent. Um absolutely go for it. But if you wanna do anything like, you know, like what Kevin's doing in terms of finance. Mm. Do you want to do anything in terms of politics? Mm. Do you want to do anything in terms of having what some might say a more significant contribution to society? Mm. Maybe that's not something that um, you get as much opportunity to do. Um, and your dream certainly becomes a dream deferred. Uh, whereas for other people, that is definitely not the case. Uh. That's all I'll say for right now. Let Chris hop in, say some things. He's asleep. Oh. I'm not...
3: I'm, not sure. I'm oh, teasing, brother. Hey, brother. What's going on, bro? Sorry, I was late earlier. No worries. you here. you here? All right. So, the American dream... Um, you guys all make a lot of good points. Um, I definitely agree with Kevin about like how he's in finance, but yeah, he puts a hoodie on and he's a, a six foot, two hundred pound black man, um, and not you know. Generous. Yeah. Um, Super generous. Two hundred and forty five pound black. Soda. Yeah, that might be generous. Oh. I'm like two thirty eight. Let me ask you, that. Right, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So Sorry, Chris. Check check for the mail, Kevin. Send me a check for that. Um, and I, <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um and I, I, I agree, you know, like I mean there's a lot of doctors as well. Um and I had a good conversation with my um um uh my peer group at my company and uh it was a very honest conversation that I never thought I would have in a And one of the guys was saying how he didn't understand the writing and you know, really get you know the black experience and i'm thinking like dude like you probably live in a nice neighborhood if you walk or you want you walk your dog or you're running around your neighborhood you know at seven o'clock at night nobody's gonna bother you if i do that you're going to hear whoop whoop and police and sirens and all that stuff because i'm a black male in the hood. you can wear, wear an exact same thing but it's different for me and you because they see uh, a black male who is a threat um so the, the whole idea of American Dream, I, I do think that it, it exists um, because, Kevin, as you mentioned, you're from Orange, you have an MBA, you're in finance. You know, there's a lot of tons and millions of stories of, of people that have pulled us off stuff from their bootstraps and have done great things in the United States. And, you know, and we have, loved, I mean, a lot of us have running water and things like that that a lot of other countries don't have. So we are blessed, very blessed to live in America. Uh, first and foremost. Um so but it's a different experience for us than it is for other other national other, like white people or whatever. So um so I, I definitely think that the American dream for us differs. Um but if we do have um a chance to achieve the American dream. I mean the fact that you know we all are you know doing well in our industries and you know and providing for ourselves, that's that that could be perceived as the American dream. It's not, you know, it may not be millionaires or Billionaires, but we're still able to provide and you know eat what we want to eat, go where we want to go, things like that that a lot of other people don't have the freedom to do. um, That so, um, that's that's kind of my my take on that situation. Um, but you know, again, very thankful to to be in America. Uh, We have a lot of work to do. Um, the last four years have been trying for for us, um, as a society and as uh, as an African American community. Um, but hopefully, you know, um, you know, things will continue to progress and um, uh, we'll have more opportunities um, to achieve the American dream. So that's that's all I got. on it I like talk. that. Yeah.
1: Dr. Young, what are your thoughts? Um, so, so. So I. So. Yeah, so what was coming? So as you guys were speaking, um, I kind of just tailing off to something that Chris said, Um so I guess I, I guess what really comes up for me now is the idea of dream, right? So it's the American dream. So so I guess the first thing is what is a dream, right? What what is what is the dream and whose dream is it, right? Because you know, because I'm thinking about it as a first generation American and my family, I I know that the American dream is real. Right, I, and and not saying that that other people don't get it or don't can't understand it or can't see it, but I know firsthand because I know the story of my parent, of my mother coming um, from Jamaica and bringing, you know, bringing her husband, bringing her siblings to America because because you because you could do that because she was able to do it. Folks have jobs, uh, had built families in the states, are now thriving, you know, doing doing well in the industries. But even more so than that they're living right they're thriving um and you know kind of kind of to some points that chris is making you know there are other countries and you know other people have made but there there isn't the same level of opportunity in other places so thinking about the american dream as i think it has been as i think it was designed you can be successful if you work hard Right, I think, I feel like there was this kind of like base, like very baseline premise of it. Like the American dream is, you know, in America, you can do anything. You can be, you know, you can be whatever you want to be, you know, to Q's point of, you know, like you could be sitting in your basement and, you know, you can record a thing or you can come up and doodle on a paper. And next thing you know, you have the next brand for this big bazillion dollar company, um, an organization, an entity. So I think. I think it's important to kind of hold in perspective, the idea of of perspective, right? So as far as, and, and, you know, and where I identify as black, um, if, if I need to identify, I mean, I identify as Jamaican, but that's, that's different. But for the sake of this, my skin color is, you know, is black is brown. It, it looks like, you know, a black person in America. So can I say that my family came here and we able to benefit from the idea of the American dream. Absolutely. Um, I'm not saying that it hasn't been without challenge. I haven't, I'm not saying that it hasn't been without some struggle and some adversity, but, but it is something that I've been able to, to benefit from. And my family has, and I feel like, you know, kind of some other points that were made and it's interesting, kind of just like, as we tie this back up, because We, we are demonstrating the American dream, right? Like through adversity, through struggle, through these things that we're identifying as problematic, like, you know, you know, to the point of, you know, we go outside, we potentially worry about things that other people don't worry about outside and we are able to thrive. Right. Even more so than like Chris was saying, you know, putting food on our table, because, you know, realistically, you can put food on your table. Maybe it's not what you want to eat, but but we have options and we are we're doing well, well enough that we can do this. Like we have the privilege of being able to use our technology and, you know, our mobile devices and electronics to our, our advantage right now to to kind of reach people and do this thing. And that's a sense of, that's a, that's a a platform of privilege that, you know, obviously comparatively it's a different privilege, but it is a privilege in comparison to other folks. So, you know, just kind of circling back on the idea of dream and, and who's dream, because I'm sure there are people in the world that are dreaming to, to have the opportunity that we do. And if I even, I can do it this way, I'm sure there are people that we know that are, that would, that would dream to have, you know, what we have just, just us on this call right here. Um, you know, just kind of looking at, at some of our resumes and some of our experiences like that, that everyone doesn't have these opportunities. So I think it's, it's, I just want to make sure we hold in perspective, the idea of, of, of how the dream, how a dream can work and how comparatively someone else is dreaming about something someone else has. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And yeah, I should, I'll I'll go back and clarify, I guess, like, because I'm totally blessed and happy to be where I'm at, but like, I still feel like it's supposed to be, and I guess that's the thing, right? Like you're saying, you can always complain, you know me, Or you can always, there's always something that could be better.
1: Maybe complain,
0: maybe complain is too strong of a word, but I think the beauty of America and kind of echoing some of Chris's sentiments is that, you know, because we're here, because it's the land of opportunity, because we have this freedom to to do a podcast, to speak our mind, to do these things that, yeah, sometimes we probably do take for granted because at the same time, you know, as we kind of mentioned to the the some of the plight of, of being a black person in America is um, you know, you, you gotta deal with the opportunity to be great and to do these things and to achieve and to move your family into a different to a different level than maybe they were before um but then you still have these other i don't even know what to call them pieces fears issues um race um racism um and and the systemic pieces of it that you know it feels like an imbalance right like i don't don't know how i can have this kind of utopian ideal feeling of yeah this is like great this is the best the best place ever and like i wouldn't want to live in any other country right so at the same time going to warren's point all this other stuff could be true about how it's uncomfortable sometimes how it's painful how this year from march until now the pandemic that adversely affects black people and then the ongoing racism or issues of police brutality that are disproportionately affecting black people the wealth imbalance the education imbalance like all those things, and it's like, damn, would I really want to be anywhere else? And, like, granted, I don't know what it's like to live somewhere else, so, like, you know, that, that the experience of, of of having the immigration piece is interesting. Like, I don't know if Black people from from Jamaica, for instance. Like, if, if someone comes here from Jamaica, and I can't speak to that experience of, of what it's like to live on mainland Jamaica, but, like, when you get here today and, like, not having the experience, like you said, of, of moving your family and, like, overcoming and and developing things and building things if you get here and you're, you're you're experiencing the news you're experiencing this energy are you are you disappointed you know like if if you would come here in january of 2020 and then everything you've seen from then is like do you still believe in it like you know because like obviously as we kind of all kind of glance that we are kind of examples of the american dream being true to some extent right like everyone's college educated you go back to in our families probably two generations ago, maybe even, maybe some of us might even be first generation college kids, but maybe two generations ago where our grandparents, parents thinking about their great grandkids graduating from college and like living in a big city and having upward mobility, that's probably a dream to some extent. But, and I agree with that. Like, I think, like I said, my grandparents are, are proud. We're proud, are proud. Um, But if, I, if I'm if i thinking about now and going forward, like is this what I thought I was getting? Like, am I, you get what I'm trying to say? Like, is this, when I I came here for this land of opportunity, is this it? And is this the best it's going to be? Um, You know, what what do you, what do you guys think about
1: that? Just to kind of jump in quick. Sorry, Chris, just jump in real quick. I think it's, well, what did you leave? See, and that's the thing. I think we, I think we have a very different scope because we're here and we, this is, this is all we know. So it's like, no, I'm not getting, I'm getting a short deal. I'm getting, I'm getting a raw deal because I don't have the same opportunity or access as dot dot dot. And then there's the comparison piece that's gonna always inform how we, how we view it or what we say about it. But again, if, if, if you look at some place that didn't have as much resources, as much access, as much opportunity, and even if you come here, it's like, wait, like I can, I can. I can vote or I I have a like I can have a voice or I can I can get a job I can make enough money that I can save money and you know send money back to my family I can I can provide for others so I think the comparison piece is super important and just the perspective of is this is this what I wanted well it's more than I had so yeah I'll take it it might not have been it's not the moon but I got a bunch of stars yeah, I
3: was gonna say the same thing, or like you took the words of my mouth, like it's perspective because you have people that like me and you, like, all, like me, you and Rio, we don't have to worry about our kids going outside and and, and getting blown up <laughs> by like, you know, by by you know, like you know, something like that, or either, you know, um like kids going to school and dudes come in with rifles and they, they kidnap. I mean like stuff bad stuff happens in the United States, but that crap happens all the time in other countries. Um yeah. So we don't have to worry about, like, you know, people kidnapping our kids and just running up there with, like, 50, like, guns and stuff like that. And they're kidnapped and, you know, who,
0: who knows? So, we do have to worry about school shootings at a disproportionate do, rate but... to, like, any other developed country, though. Correct. that is That is a uniquely American problem.
3: You're right. You're right in that regard. But I'm saying, like, you know, there's other things perspective-wise that, you know, that we as Americans kind of take for granted. um And that, that really that, – so people that come from other countries are like, yeah, like, this is – the American is I'm 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 not impressed in you know if I'm a Christian you know I might be you know so stuff like that it's a whole yeah. other of um of things that that's why people come here you know like um, Cubans and stuff like that communism and stuff like right. so it's a lot of other stuff um that 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 we kind of take for granted and I'll just say one last thing I was reading a. A blog on um, on a um, I belong to a, a group uh, professional group and a guy was saying he was in China somewhere with his wife and he's watching CNN and every time they they said something about the country he was in they bleeped it out and he was like yo they're censoring like everything they say about so like and, and like oh, wow. that, yeah so he was like it, it opened his eyes to say yo like they they like they literally censor everything in certain countries. Mm-hmm. You know, you say something negative, you know, they cut to a commercial or bleep it out. The TV turns off and goes blank and it comes back on. And he never experienced that. So there's a lot of things that, you know, we we can't even fathom because we live in America, Um, which, again, very thankful for. There's a lot of stuff that that needs to improve for us as African-Americans and just the society in general. Um, But in in a nutshell, like this, why people call it the American dream, because there's so uh, there's so many other things that they have to think about. And worry about that we
2: probably
0: take for granted so Q. you and yeah, haven't heard from you in a while dude.
2: so so i i hear what you guys are saying and i think coming from nothing and having something like going from zero to one is a huge improvement but being that like i i am american and i'm from this country um i, I know kind of like where i started from and i also know how much work i've put in and I also know the hard work of others, and there's just disproportionate growth, and that's that's a more troubling thing that I have um, a hard time kind of wrapping my head around because I I can understand the the immigrant experience and coming from you know let's just say zero you come to America and within a generation you're able to to have things that maybe previous generations had to you know, pull off miracles in order to attain. Um, Mm -hmm. And you're, you're able to get that within like a single lifetime. So like that, that definitely is a certain level of, of of luxury, I guess you could say, um, that is afforded by how things are, are different here in this country. However, um, the, the greater issue I have is, you know, I can just speak to my experience. Like I've worked a lot. I've put in a a lot and so and yet oftentimes through through no fault of my own i become a victim of circumstance you know I, i i think of a a particular situation where i was part of an organization where the the leadership saw fit to advance two individuals at the expense of an entire department. Um, And the opportunity for myself to advance forward, to move up within that organization was completely stymied, not due to work performance, not due to um, any attributable negative characteristic of my professionalism, if you will, um, the the only knock I would receive would be um, uh, when when you are upset, people can notice, and that has an effect on the morale of the department. Hmm. To which my to which my response is, so if I'm unhappy with something. I can't be upset because it makes other people upset interesting, but to all that being said it's i i could I can sit somewhere and watch people do as much work, sometimes even less work than myself, and they move on and then when I say well, I've done X, Y, and Z just like this person. Then there's always some different qualifier as to why they they get advancement, but I don't. And the underlying tone, the things that are not said are that, well, this is something or someone I'm more comfortable having this position as opposed to you. Um, which oftentimes relates to simply uh, a matter of preference and choice. And depending on who that person is saying that, it's what they envision or what they wanna see um, for their department. And unfortunately, the people that are in those decisions to make those choices, oftentimes are not people of color and oftentimes are not um, individuals who are as open-minded They may see opportunity for individuals of color, but they may see those positions a certain way. So sure, there's opportunity for you to work here at this hotel as a janitor, or as a housekeeper, or as a cook, or as entertainment, but you wanna be president? Well, you have to put your time in. Okay, I've worked here for 20 years. You've worked here before. Well, you know, you have to really, you know, show that you're dedicated and you're loyal and, you know, you have to really work hard. Well, nobody's worked harder than me. And again, I've dedicated I've been here for the last 20 years. Yeah, well, you know, you just uh, it's who, you know, Well, I know everyone here. I knew I knew your father before, you know, he passed on. So so what is it that we're you're not saying that is contributing to why? I'm where I am and not able to move forward, but you're where you are and not able to advance me to where I need to be. So and unfortunately that's that's kind of where we are. Um you know, I've I've gotten I've interviewed a lot for a lot of different places and a lot of different positions, and it's always interesting to me how I never have the much difficulty getting the entry level positions. I'm always overqualified, but anything beyond that, then it becomes, a. well, I don't know if this is a good look, um, there, you know, we're going to consider it, you know, we're not really certain, you know, and it's like, well, what is the issue? And this is the point now where it's like, let's just call it for what it is. Like, you just don't want a black person in this position. And if that's the case, then I, that's unfortunate, but, um, if that is the case, then that's, that's where I want to be then. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that is, that's the frustration I see of like the dream, the dreams are different, right? It's, it's one thing to say I'm an immigrant and I'm coming from, from nothing. And now I have something I can call my own, but it's different for that generation that that's after that, that says, okay, I've something and I want more. I'm going to work just as hard as my peers but it's weird that like i give 120%, their return is 400, my return is 12%. that's but we're having the same dream. We want to aspire and we want to do the same things, but yet i i go through the exact same steps but just because of the color of my skin, my gender, where i grew up, the language i speak, what my religion is, In this same country, that is great. All these things can now, these metrics can count against me and inhibit me from being able to fully realize my dream.
1: That's it.
0: I uh, anybody got anything on that before I go?
1: I got a bunch, but Chris, I I think I heard you jump. You trying to jump
3: in? I us sort of say like, um, so, so two things is that people always, they always have a idea of who they want to hire. And I definitely agree with Kwan that a lot of times, um, african Americans may not fit the mode. If you have, you know, a white male applying for a position, um, and the hiring manager is a white male. A lot of times people like what's like them. I mean, it's like people like this, like, you know, when I, when I was in sales, People buy from people they like, or people like them. So you normally get in the, uh, a, a pattern where you hire the same person um, that's like you. Um, I have been on the receiving end of being, you know, I guess uh, 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 promoted um, in different companies. Um, I I've, I've been the, the token. And the reason why I've been promoted is because I've, I've had normally, in a lot of cases, somebody that has, you um, uh, i guess been a mentor or a sponsor um it's what they call it in corporately they've been a sponsor and they've kind of vouched for me to kind of get in these get my name in the, in the ring and, and 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 kind of keep on pressing uh, without that sponsor um you're pretty much stuck in that same holding pattern and unfortunately it's the same thing with white people i mean like if you don't have a sponsor as well you know you see you know you know white people or asian people that have been in the same job for 20 30 years and they're qualified to keep applying for positions that that keep getting passed up because that's there's somebody that's the the funnels only but so big. Um, And without having somebody that is going to sponsor you and be your advocate, uh, you're going to keep getting passed up. Um, That's just kind of, you know, what's been my experience um, in in the corporate world. And luckily, I've I've been blessed. I'm not going to say lucky. I've been blessed to have somebody that has spoken up for me or, you know, found people behind, behind closed doors and saying, yeah, this kid has something, I don't know what it is, you know, but, and, and that's kind of what's helped me in my career, but, you know, you're, you're totally right, I agree, Um, but in a lot of companies, um, I would say probably 80% of companies right now, and there's a few that, that, that do really well at hiring diverse candidates that, that are qualified, but, you know, a lot of times you get, it's a, it's a vicious cycle, you know, the white male hires the white male, hires the white male, and next thing you, have an entire department filled of all white men that look the same and think the same. Um yeah. uh, but luckily I think that we're, we're we're kinda getting out of that, um, at least in my opinion, uh in the corporate world. Um but there's still a lot a lot more that can be done to um to promote more diverse candidates. Um black white you know, black Asian women, you know, all all these problems. Um hopefully uh, as we get more training on diversity, importance of diversity in the workplace, uh we'll start seeing more people that look like us um in, in these roles and in, in, in the our running company. So that's all I got. I'm not sure who agrees or disagrees, but no, I guess no, I won't go
1: ahead. If if no 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 I am I I'm probably gonna go with some different directions. You know me. Um go ahead, right. see, jump in. Um
0: I, a couple a couple things that are uh I guess tangential to those and then um, I'm not even sure if I said that right. But anyway, um, a couple points that came up. So, like, I, I wonder, and maybe we can come back to this as as a full, a more full topic. Um, and like, again, you know, I, we started off this series or at some point in this series, I said, you know, I'm, I'm a black patriot. Right. And the sense of like, I'm not a crazy, uh, maybe I shouldn't even say crazy. But not a super conservative, (laughs) flag-bearing, patriot type. But I do love the country. Um, And I love this country. And because we do have this freedom of speech, I get the right to criticize it and say how much better it should be. And um, uh, we got a lot of work to do in that regard. But I, I wonder, as people have talked about this in different ways, I wonder if... I wonder if there's more accessibility to the American dream if I am a first generation or second generation like immigrant to the country than if I have been here um, as a black person for years. Like, do you believe? Because here's what you don't have if you get here, right? If you get here new, even if you're from a a black country, um, you don't have the weight of. That slavery, segregation, Jim Crow, hanging on you and your family, right? So you don't have people saying, ah, you shouldn't do that because we haven't been able to do that before. Or, oh, don't go to that neighborhood, that's a white neighborhood. You do kind of have the um, naivety or ignorance, but the blissful kind where it's like, I don't know any better, so I don't see the limitations, I'm going to strive. And maybe sometimes it's self-defeating, just throwing these thoughts out there. Um, For black folks in this country, because I think some of the the barriers may be perceived. Um, Some of the barriers may have been removed. Um, It's hard to know, it's hard to know, because I'm in it, I'm in it, I'm living it. Um, It's hard to know. So I want to put that out there as a a, just an idea that we can touch on. Secondly, kind of touching on a little bit of what Kwan said, a little bit of what Chris said. Um, so I worked for a company that uh, prior to this new company I would be going to um, specialized in uh, small investment shops, right? So most investment managers are hundreds of billions of dollars. Um, and the company I was at specialized in um, finding women and minority-owned firms or other small firms who are less than two billion at AUM, which sounds like a lot of money, but it's really not. Ninety um, percent of the assets that are managed in the United States are managed by uh, a handful of companies that are white male dominant, like ninety percent. So like trillions, tr- like hundreds of trillions of dollars. Um, and then everyone else um, is left to, to fend basically for for this. Scrap, I'm saying but they're, they're billions of dollars and it's hard to get access into those pools right so when I'm a, a state or city like that we worked with and I'm managing my pension fund and my retirees or my health benefits plan whatever I, I'm gonna go with those larger companies because I'm more used to them those companies as Chris was saying are run by white people who are comfortable with white people who hire more white people um, and these other firms oh you know, this, this is why I want to go here Before, imagine me me, me, me rewinding this, the Wells Fargo CEO says it's really hard to find black talent. He had to walk those comments back, but he just came, you know, that came out a couple of days ago. Um, And it's a sentiment that people have, even though there are black people that go to Harvard, that go to Yale, that go to Wharton, um, that are super talented. But because they don't see them, they're not at the country clubs, they're not at all these old boy networks that they don't have access. So touching on Chris's topic, like if you don't have someone to, to reach back in and pull you up, you will be stuck. Um, so all I can say, the beauty about my old firm, which was kind of, obviously I went to fill you with everybody else, but that was kind of my HBCU experience. It was a black firm owned by a black Jamaican woman, um, primarily with mostly black people. And it was like, that was my education into finance. So it was kind of like, I went there, that was my Harvard into like the world of investment. Um, Or that was my Howard, I should say. Um, So, um, but to get to the next level, you know, we had to, or to help these firms get to the next level, we had to invest in them first and then hope that they did well enough, perform well enough where they can get on the radar of a larger company. So as Chris was saying, you can get down and pull up so you can graduate from being, and that's literally what we called it, the graduation process. You might have started off with $3 million. And then eventually, once you get to a couple billion, like the larger entities will start to pay attention to you but it's a hard process and many firms that try don't make it and that's the same way as we go back to people um as kwan was saying you can you can hit kind of a a ceiling a glass ceiling i guess and um and never progress past that so i just want to throw out those ideas and see if if there are more comments on, on on any of
1: those and maybe maybe Warren, you can start um so, yeah, I, so I guess just for what it's worth, I think we have a, a bunch of material for some other stuff. Like, I think we I think we could kind of give some air to to these in more detail. Um, I think you make a bunch of good points. And um, I want to make sure we we honor those and kind of give them the attention that they could they could deserve. Um, so kind of touching on some of the points that were made already. This is but that's that's what people do. Right. So white men hire white men because they're familiar with white men. Similarly, black men are going to hire black men because they're familiar with black men. Similarly, women are going to hire women because they are familiar with women. Right. And I think, I think the, the part of it we, we don't consider is the beginning because the beginning, who was it? It was white men, right? So it, it just so happens that, you know, white men populating these companies and these businesses, you know, with the head start that they had, yeah, it's it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot harder to, to see diversity in these positions because again the people in power have been the people in power in this country forever. So yeah, it makes sense that that you're going to see, you know, certain people in certain positions until you don't. And then when you don't, you'll likely start seeing people that look like the different person show up in these things so i don't i don't know that it's ever going to look like you okay,
2: well i i don't want to i know you got more but i, no, I feel what? like my my feeling on that is that that works if everything is created equal and everything is i don't want to say fair but where everything's in a level playing field the reality is people that get in power then change the rules and manipulate the situation such that 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 power remains with that same the same kind of people you know the the rules change so so now the CEO gets into a position where they make the decision well I'm going to change the qualifications for this position like I've I've been in sure. closed door conversations where entire job descriptions were changed to meet the A candidate the, the exact candidate, so it's mm-hmm. like you're and it this isn't this isn't just at one place that's several places up into sure. where high quality candidates were not selected simply because that's not the image or the person that the person hiring wanted to have there um never completely irrespective of their their contribution, their qualifications, their resume, any of that, their their interview didn't matter. It was, I know somebody I kind of want to put in this position, and like that, that kind of contributes to this notion and mentality of there there's more at play. Like if if everything were were fair, then absolutely somebody else could then come into that situation and then they can introduce more people that look like them and then there's some sort of parody. But the reality of it is oftentimes there are limiters even within that to say, even if I wanted to bring this person of color up, I still couldn't if I wanted to, because um, there's this there's this little line in here that says they have to have done this thing and there's no way they could have done that thing because for whatever reason, the color of their skin has prevented them from being able to achieve that or been so able, you know, prevented them from
1: acquiring that. So I so said, I guess I, sure. Um, and I guess to kind of clear up what I was saying and clarify what I was saying before, um, I was speaking to the idea that people are going to take care of their people just kind of like in a general statement. So, you know, so truth time. So three candidates, you all have, you all are business owners. Um, Three candidates: a black person, an Asian person, and a white person. All same qualifications. Who do you pick, and why? Same exact qualifications. They graduated from the same school, same year, same everything. Like they—they they are essentially the same person, but different skin color. Who you hire, and why? There's no differences.
0: Like who—who's who, easier to talk? I, I would hire who, the person I would like feel most comfortable working with every day, and that's not necessarily based on race. It would be like. Who can I like have a beer with at the work? Who do I feel comfortable like telling jokes you, with? Who you, you know have the
1: same movie. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Then I feel like you almost, without saying it, said the black person. Because aren't we talking about similarities? You I'm not saying you do, no, definitely, yeah, yeah. but So so, so, like, so I love
0: I love Game of Thrones and not just stereotype or, or typecast black people, but like not a lot of black people like 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 Game of Thrones, right? So like if I got into a conversation and an interview offhand, it's like, yo, oh, man, like, that episode last night was crazy. And then that white person's like, I know, it was the best. That might be the lead-in for me to be like, ah, this person actually might be more fun to talk to every day at work. So, like,
1: I'll give them Gotcha, Got you, Kev. So, white person, Game of Thrones. Black person, played ball in uh, all three school. And Asian person is from New Jersey. (laughs) Who do you hire?
0: You have some. Uh, You have
1: something strong with each of them. I don't know.
0: Am I the only hiring director? I I might ask myself. Like, I don't know. I don't know. You you would defer. I would probably defer.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Thank you. I mean, I I get you, buddy. Coming to you next, Chris.
2: I mean, to, for me, honestly, depending on what the job is, what my current makeup is, you know, my morale and our demographics and like our culture, I'm probably basing off of that too. Like, what am I asking this person to do? Like, am I asking them to be the face of the company and what's, what is the company and you know, what does it look like and what is the face supposed to be? So if they're out doing the public face of it, then it's going to be more reflective of that. If I'm asking them to do something different. It's gonna be reflective of that. If if I feel as though I have too much of the same thing on my staff, then maybe it's time for me to get something different, to have a different part, point of view, different perspective. Um, you know, I I look at it like that. I mean, I've I've been mm-hmm. in a position to hire individuals, and I, I've been critiqued by you know um, my subordinates. Some of my coworkers say, "You only hire certain people," and I'm like, "Well, that's not true. Only certain people apply for this job," and so. I I can't do anything about that. I can Mm -hmm. just only hire from what is available. You can pick from the options. If if those are the only options I have, then I'm going to do my best to hire the most qualified. But then at the same time, individuals that I don't hire, I also try to put them on somewhere else. So it's not even a situation of like, uh, you know, this person doesn't have an opportunity to succeed. It just might not be with me, but I'm still going to try to get them an opportunity to succeed somewhere else. Okay. Um that's awesome. So that's my
0: take. My yep, got you. Yeah. See <clears> ya. <throat> and now he's sleeping. Chris, we on mute, bro. I
2: don't think... There you go. Got you. Yes, sir. Say
3: hire for culture, fit, and attitude, man. I you know, look for people with PhDs, positive, hungry, and discipline. Thank you very much.
1: So, <laughs> I love Chris and his mic drops. <laughs> so, and, I oh, can, cool. and I can, can take cool. it. I would have cool. right loved to see Chris's face when he said that, but I, I can picture it in my mind. So, looking at that response... I want to touch back on something that on, on, on your piece before Quan about hiring. And I feel like, I feel like everything that everyone said in the response to this question, I feel like those are the things that people may not know. I feel like these are the things that as a hiring manager, as, as a person in a power to make a decision, such as, as an employee or the face or the culture or the direction a company may may move, I feel like these are the things that we don't see. So I I, I too have had feelings that I've been maybe overlooked for a position. I've also gotten the whole, you know, you're very overqualified for, for a certain position. And, and I feel something, right. And I feel, I feel of a personal, you know, like, well, if I'm so overqual- overqualified, give me the job then. I mean, I should be able to do it in a breeze. No worries. Um, but I feel like we miss those things that like the bigger picture stuff we miss, we miss what the, what this, this, this hiring person's hiring entity is trying to do. And, and I wonder if, we may be may maybe, maybe mis misappropriately um, kind of naming what the, what we feel are reasonable. I wonder if we I wonder if we're personal. I wonder if we're personalizing and everything, and and then I and then I kind of go back to this other piece of well yeah. So so are we in our feelings about a lot of stuff? Are we kind of like feeling like the weight of of the history of the country? And the deck stacked against us, and not even really able to look at what a possibility could be, because because I know y'all, and I know how you would answer that question, right? And I, and I knew none of you are going to hire for skin color. I knew I know it's going to be about fit. I know it's going to be more, but I know how you all think. And I think it's it's interesting how unfortunately we don't give enough. I don't think we give enough credit to the possibility that that could be something in the decision that that we were overlooked but that's just that's just this other like like i said this, this tangential like i like you know how i think i just but i'm like this this what came up for me so i just wanted to put that out there because you know i think it's interesting how we 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 feel we've had a history of feeling we've had a lifetime of feeling and maybe we feel a lot and a lot all the time and maybe we don't have to have to feel so much sometimes maybe it could really just be a all right well you know that wasn't me let me just you know find my spot let me just get in where I fit in kind of thing whatever that looks like that's all it's tough
0: I mean go
2: ahead I, I feel like that's a very optimistic way to look at it and maybe I'm just being more of a pessimist I even got a I got an example so um a a prestigious uh university just recently had an opening um, and I'm I'm very curious to see how they feel this position. Um, but it was a director level position, and all you needed was a bachelor's degree. That struck me as very odd. Um, being somebody that has been in this industry and in this field for a long time, I, I understand the the weight of certain positions. Um, and typically, when you have a just a bachelor's degree, that maybe gets you definitely entry level. Some mid maybe management level, um, but you'd have to have the experience or whatnot. Um, masters, you know, gets you at least an interview for like these director level positions, masters and experience, you know, makes you qualified, et cetera, et cetera. So like I'm I'm well aware of what the qualifications for certain positions are. And I definitely know when I'm reaching versus when like, you know, I'm overqualified for this. So looking at this job description, I'm like, why do they only want a bachelor's? And the the pay seems to be de- director's level, but they are only asking a bachelor's, which made me think, okay, so maybe this is this is likely an opportunity to say, from the hiring perspective, we're we're opening our doors to catch a wider net, which is great. However, what I what my fear and concern becomes what my fear and concern becomes then is you're just doing that to say that we did this thing. At the end of the day, we're still going to hire what we want and what we think, but we can say that we opened up the pool to a larger, a larger uh, audience, a larger market, if you will. But at the end of the day, those, you might have 20 more candidates and be able to say, we interview more people of color. It's just unfortunate that those people of color didn't, you know, meet the criteria that we were looking for at the end of the day. So the cert, the result ends up being the same. And so the fact that some individuals don't still don't even get interviews as a result is kind of concerning because it's like, well, I see that you you it looks like you made the effort and the attempt. However, if the result doesn't change, is it? Are you really? Did that really suggest that you were actually open to the opportunity of doing something different because if if for instance you did just open it up to somebody with a bachelor's and a wealth of experience however you ended up hiring somebody with a doctorate a wealth of experience that wasn't a person of color then it begs the question why did you only open it why did you open it so far to begin with because if that was going to be what you were going for, and that's what you got, then it, it, kind, of begs for, it kind of makes it seem very suspicious. Yeah,
1: go 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 ahead, Warren. Just real quick, but Baquan, it sounds like that goes that that touches on your point of you pick from your options. I mean, because because the truth is. At, with a bachelor's level, you may you may have a ton of experience doing the things, like actually hands-on doing the stuff. So you might have this resume. Okay, you have a bachelor's bachelor's degree, great. Um, you've had you know six years of experience kind of doing this work. Okay, cool. So then someone with a master's and less experience may come up, and you may take that person, but it depends on what you're looking at. So maybe the master's plus two years feels better than the bachelor's plus six years or maybe it's the the reverse like you know what we need somebody that's going to be able to get their hands dirty who knows how to get their hands dirty so we want the person that had experience but i feel like that speaks directly to your idea of picking from your options. Because if you do open a wider, a wider berth, you do have more opportunity. Um, yes, you may be looking for what you want, but maybe what you want is the best qualified candidate. And you have to weigh all that in, you know, kind of kept to your point. Like you, you want to know who you can talk to. Like, I want to know, like I want somebody in Kwan, you and have talked about this. Like you want someone that's going to be able to, to have, to fit. It, it's it's about fit, right? You want someone that's going to be able to get in your staff. You know the situation, like, I'm going to tell you what's going on here, and I need someone that's going to be able to fit this, feel, feel like they could fit and manage this this nonsense of the system that we have going on here, and, you know, this candidate right here, I feel like they can do that. They don't know that I'm, I'm assessing them on that. You may have, the, you may just have a bachelor's experience in two years, but you know what, kind of like to your point, Kwan, but you know what you have you have this thing. I think you can be a glue, a glue, a sticky piece that kind of brings my, my group together. I think you can be this catalyst that kind of brings about change, but you don't know that. So I think to your point, you you have to open the wider berth. You have to make the net. You have to cast a wider net because you may get that thing. If if you, you're talking about only master's level, only doctorate level, you know you're going to you know the pool strengths. I mean we were talking about it earlier how we happen to be college educated but everybody doesn't have that everyone isn't that so you are you are limiting a bunch of people that have been working and grinding for years with no with no paper to say I did this so yeah Chris uh, That's you. jump to Chris you got Kevin where you go no I was saying I want
3: to go to you okay
0: um A
3: few few things. Um, I'll first start by saying that you know, yes, me cut me from wrong, but like I feel like for black people we have to have more than our counterparts. So for me, um, my mom always taught me that you know, yeah, I have a bachelor's degree, but I need an MBA just so I can keep up with my white counterparts that may have either no degree or a degree, because you know you always have to work harder than your other counterparts. This is something that like my, my mom always been bringing to me. Quan, um, uh, uh, you mentioned the whole, the wider, um, wider in that thing and, and all that stuff. People are always going to have an idea of who they want to hire. Um, and, you know, and when you're talking about that situation, it kind of brought up like the whole NBA and the NFL, how there's a lot of qualified black coaches, mm-hmm. um, but these, these, um, you know team owners they have an idea of who they want to hire which they're white males they probably yeah. want to hire white males so you have you can interview you know 20 candidates 15 could can be black 15 could be very very like can do the job coming in the gate qualified but yet they go with somebody that's unproven um that has no 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 coaching background like stephen Nash you know and i like, like Stephen nash but like you know you have, you hire somebody like that when you have you know like at least 15 coaches on the bench that's ready to go um, because they hire who they want to hire and they hire mm-hmm. people that, that kind of fall within what they expect the head coach to look like or what it be. Um so, you know, that that kind of just, just that, that kinda of came to my mind when you were talking about that situation. So I just wanted to bring that to light because it's something that I've been kind of following Warren. shaking his head. Um, but you know, I, I, I see we, we see it all day, man, you know, with like the NBA and uh, you know, NFL. Lots of lots of good diverse talent um that can do the job off the bat but you know they, they get passed up over and over and over again because the fun, I, you know the funnels only so big so
0: i want to jump in and then i know warren you got to jump you want to jump in too but i i think um and going to what you said Kwan, but kind of tying it into what chris just said um i think casting a wider net is what we want right that's a step in the right direction mm-hmm. um because at least you're you're having to sit down where it's like, all right, you know, maybe our candidate pool before of what we know we like and what we typically hire was 12, but now we cast this wider net and we lower it down to bachelor's level, we got 50 applications of possible people. And out of those 50 people, you know, we, we took 25 of them and maybe five of them were of color or were women. Um, so now at least we had the conversation, even if we still end up going with our traditional kind of candidate. Um, and I think that's the Rooney rule. Chris and the NFL where um, before you hire a head coach, you got to interview at least one candidate of color. Um, And many times they still end up fast tracking a white coach. Um, But at least you have to sit down, you bring in a random coordinator from somewhere and you do the meeting. And sometimes those coaches get hired, but not enough. Um, And then to your point, Chris, on, on Steve Nash, Absolutely qualified in the sense of, like, great player knows the game, but, like, not in the sense of Jason Kidd has experience, Ty Lue has a championship, Mark Jackson created that Warriors team. So, like, you know, it's one thing of knowing the game, which Steven Nash knows, but it's actually, I've been on a bench, I've been in major playoff games, because so that's what they want in Brooklyn, right? They want, they got Kyrie, they got KD, they, they, that, they're thinking championships, so you got... Ty Lue has won a championship. Jason Kidd has been on the bench in the playoffs, and Mark Jackson created a dynasty. Didn't know how to get them over the hump, but put that team together. So, um, I don't know. That's that's my two cents on that.
1: Go ahead, Warren. And just one one little nugget. So, how so? How do the people that don't have experience get experience if they don't get shots? If they don't get breaks? luck or cool. know
0: someone like chris said because uh, because 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 steve <laughs> but normally steve. Have to become, we have to become an assistant for like 10 years before we get that that's so that's that was the argument right like so you know uh Lu won a championship for instance and now is an assistant uh mark jackson created the the most recent dynasty we had since the bulls you know, drafted Steph, drafted Clay, drafted Draymond, um, got them to like a conference semifinals, and then they got the second round. The offense stagnated, so yeah. And based on that, though, it was, right, it's like you did all these other things of acquiring the pieces. People didn't want to draft Steph Curry; they thought he was an injury risk. He was like, no, nah, I'm taking him." Um, the Knicks passed on him. Um, nobody knew who Clay Thompson was. They drafted Draymond Green in the second round. That team becomes. They went to like four or five straight finals. They won three of them. So, um, that's a great job, right? This guy should have a coaching job. He did that job and has been broadcasting, waiting for an opportunity for like the last five years. That's not right. Like, why wouldn't we hire this guy? Um, if you're in the sixers and you're, you're 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 in the process of creating a team. You need to find pieces that fit and make sense of draft picks. This is a guy that's done that and has got the team at least to the level where you know a year later they won a championship. Why not hire this guy? Why are we recycling back through Mike D'Antoni and, and those folks? Like, you know, Damn, so, I got one I got one. Anyway, yeah. go ahead.
2: here's an assist. Luke Walton.
0: Yeah. Right. Um, Luke Walton literally went from playing one
2: year and then became a head coach. For a little bit.
0: He wasn't assistant for a little bit. I'll give him that. For like minutes. Minutes. Yeah, after I, after I, like fifteen minutes. A half a half a minute, yeah. Right. <laughs>
2: okay. But then he becomes like a head coach of like a major organization. Not even like, you know yeah, like that was a big
1: Nepotism, like, right? I mean I, I think I think I feel like we can I feel like we can call it what it is. And maybe I don't know the story, but I'm 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 fairly certain if I had to take a you know, a stab at it. I mean, dad. Yeah.
0: Yeah. His dad was a legend. He he played for a long time in the league. Um but that's the thing too. So that's that's the like Steve Nash case. The other Steve Nash case Steve Nash case is that everyone who was on that Warriors uh staff at some point. So he was a consultant, didn't have a formal coaching job, but he was a consultant. I mean, we love
1: consultants, right, Kev? <laughs> we try to get consultants job, right, Kev?
0: Hey, hey, listen, so to, to this point, <laughs> I can speak on this from personal experience. I've been interviewing for jobs since last June, you know, for a long time. Now, granted, part of this part was a pandemic. um, And but before I was going before the pandemic like up until February I was going in for interviews sure I killed it didn't get it I made it to the final several times like people would say oh you one of our last three candidates Ah, we ended up hiring an internal candidate Well damn um to the point where you get like a full feedback session on like here's what you did well here's what we really like we'll call you back soon ah we went with an internal candidate it was like god so um so several times I w- I thought I was like man I, is it because like I don't fit their culture? Am I not like a personality fit? Sometimes I would go in extra confident, Kevin. Here's my resume, boom, slam it on the paper. I did this, da, 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 this. <laughs> hire me. Sometimes I go in on a humble. Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a team guy. I love you know I love to play sports. I, I coach my son's soccer team. little blah blah, blah blah. I I just want to fit in and do a great job. Still no. All right. Hmm. Damn. All right. Let me go in and study everything about this company. And just give them, if I was here, here's what I would do. Um, here's how I an impact, blah, blah, blah. No, all right, mm, what do I do now? Let me just change my resume. Maybe I'm getting the wrong looks. So granted, like I said, I'm coming off of 12 and a half years experience, um, MBA, um, all this stuff. So, Applying to jobs I'm overqualified for, reach jobs, all of it. I actually got interviewed for a lot more reach jobs than I thought, but I think I, in those jobs, I think I I happened to be like the Rooney Rule candidate. I think a lot of times I I was just in there to be like, okay, we we we're bringing in this black guy for this position because it was a couple of them like the person I I know somebody applying for this that has like twenty years experience. Like I know I'm not going to beat them out, but then like I'm in this interview, but like this other job I should have had at the same firm <laughs> I didn't get called back for. So um. But um I mean like like Chris said earlier, man, it's a blessing that God is good, but um you know, it this this happened again. So I applied to a reach job and uh I have a great interview and um they're like, You're in the finals, but there are a couple of things in your resume, like in your experience that you're lacking and it was honest. And I was like, I knew that going in. Um but I was like, But I'm in the finals. So it's like obviously you think I can get there blah blah blah. We really like you. Um maybe we can hire you for something that's like a step below this, but like still a great opportunity for you to learn and get your foot in the door. All right. I hear that. Like May, June, I'm like, all right, that's probably not going to work out. Little of my knowledge, um, lo and behold, I guess, um, you know, August, September comes and it works out. So boom, I'm back. But that was a process and it made me question several times if it was, and I did. I did what I talked about earlier. When I was like, "All right, is it me imagining like this? This block is here, and like, is this really here? Like, is, or is there really these other factors that are contributing to me like getting all these knows?" Um, and then it was like, "What is it?" And like, Quan, you had mentioned it's a really optimistic view. I did have to like consciously just. Ah, I'm great. I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm great. I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm great. I'm gonna, it's gonna happen anyway to the point where um i i just started believing like if it ain't me then it's, it's that's on them it's not my loss and then it worked out but man it's, it's hard it's not easy and i know why a lot of people get caught up in a spot where they they don't overcome um because it's now granted if i didn't have a successful first 12 years i wasn't able to live the last year I, I don't know what would have happened right like I, I i was late on a couple mortgage payments but i didn't miss any um and and I didn't get any help. You know what I mean? I know Chris, everybody offered it, but like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't I didn't want to, but like, you know, I, I, it worked out. So like I know, I don't know if that's u- uniquely my experience. I don't know if that's a, a typical black experience, but, um, but that's personal experience and kind of some of the, along the lines of what we were talking about earlier.
3: Yeah. Question. If it's so. Um, all those jobs you're applying for, did you have anybody on the inside um, that was kind of, like pulling for you. I mean, I'm just curious. Like, it's always who you know. It's not. It's not. It's not who you know. It's who knows you. I think it's what they already say. So yeah. I mean, did, did, you, did you have any any help on the inside? Because like, a lot of uh, jobs A few of them. Yeah. Uh, um, in, it's because they know somebody. So if you have again, like Warren went back. Warren said you have an Asian, black guy, and a white guy, or you know whatever, and they all have the same qualifications. Normally, a tiebreaker is if you have somebody that's on the inside. You. Like, hey. Mm-hmm. You know, it's my guy. I worked work with him four years ago. He's a hard worker, da-da-da-da-da-da. you are going to probably go with that guy that somebody's vouching for that works internally inside that company. Yeah. So, just, just just curious, like, did you have anybody that, that, that kind of, like, you know, like, in your network that was kind of like, yo, like, yeah, kid, I, I got you. I want to talk to the hiring manager to see if we can get your interview or this. Because, like, it, that, that crap
0: is normally how people get jobs. I would say at least maybe, I don't know, a lot of them you know um and it it was it's weird chris cuz like a lot of them i had um like more close relate closely related friends that were plugging me and i would get up you know several steps and i know you know if there's a thousand applicants for this job you know and i get an interview and like my plug did their job or whatever i would progress past the you know initial interview go to the second round sometimes be invited back for the third round and then it would pause and i'm like all right but um and that just happened a lot So to this place where it was like, again, so I actually knew this contact through football and this person's older than me. So they stopped playing a while back and, um, and it wasn't like a connect connect, but like they, they, they knew enough and, um, and that, yes. So it definitely helps to have somebody that can vouch for you. That's been at a place for a long time. And, um, yeah. And, um. And, and that 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 helped me out. So um, you know, I know we've been on for a while. We might be getting a little long. Um, any, any closing thoughts by 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 anybody? Gary. Yeah, you. You on mute?
1: Kev, you pulled you pulled the Warren um and uh successfully took like like a two second stab at my question and said yeah. So we talking about treats. So now we gonna talk about medals. So I appreciate you um. Sorry. Slide of hand. That was no, that was that was dope. I appreciate that. Um but I am gonna come back to you, don't worry about that.
0: No, no. I <laughs> no, no,
1: no, I got you next time. Don't worry about it. I'm coming
0: oh, to you. Nice. <laughs> Chris and Quan,
2: closing thoughts. Um, I mean I'll just say kind of to what you were saying or what Chris was saying, you know, having that person to kind of help pull you in it is it, it is definitely necessary a lot of times. And unfortunately, the 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 back end of that becomes that nepotism. It's you end up with uh, a department full of a, a, a boys club, essentially, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's people who you know, people you're comfortable with. And then that in turn creates another level of inability to get other people in the door. Um, So it's, it's, it's good. But then there's also a dark side to that. So uh, I think in all things, you know, we're talking about the American dream. It's it's having that equity and having it such that it shouldn't matter if there is a foot in the door or not. Like it should just be off the straight up off the merit of like, no, like you, I see what I see you qualify for this position. Like I want to bring you on board. It shouldn't have to matter what your skin color look like. It shouldn't have to matter of you know it shouldn't matter if you're a male or female it shouldn't matter of any of those things unless those things are particular to the job itself um but other than that um that should be the the dream should be the same for everybody across the board and unfortunately uh, at least from my perspective it's not it's the dream some people for some people their dream is more attainable than others
3: I mean just to kind of close things out, I agree with you, Gwan. I mean that that's that should be the way it should work in the perfect world, but we don't live in a perfect world, obviously. So uh, unfortunately you do have a lot of um, you know, uh who you know is how you get get in, um, a lot of times and it's kind of what we're this is this is the way the world we live in, bro. I mean, this is what it is, in my opinion. Um, but I, I I I I have a topic for next week. Um I know Lauren's got kind of his finger up. Um, but um, I don't want to throw this out uh, for next week, and you know, we're running out of time. Get your finger bro. <laughs> so when you have an African American that's in the company that's that's above you, or that you know that you aspire to be one day, whatever, and they don't reach down to help, mm. so they get to their position and they're like, "No, nah, I like being the only one up here." Um, mm. you, know, you try to climb yourself up, and they keep you back down because they want to be the only they want to be the token so you know so that, that's a topic that maybe, maybe we maybe can discuss I, i've ran into that a few times and you know in my career just think it might be an interesting topic so
0: that's is all. there enough room for us all at to the
1: top so, so my last my little nugget is um kwan i hear your point and i i think my belief is that it wasn't the dream wasn't designed to be equitable it was designed for those for whom it was designed. Right. Yeah. That's on that like,
2: note, this has been another epic podcast with fellas Five. Been epic. It's always epic, bro. The I mean, I think us. so. Pretty sure this I'm, is a good one. I mean, you got your you, know, you got your funny hat on today too. So like, it's why is funny, funny hat? Crazy. Why is it a funny hat? It's it a joke. What do you real? say?
0: Did Rio say anything. I, I, I
3: was a little late, but I haven't heard his voice
0: for the last hour and a half. Rio was in a, uh, a, a spot in. where he couldn't really record uh, the way Uh-oh. he wanted to, so he just decided to to be a gentleman and record the message for it, but not but not uh, participate. So
3: good. Yeah, love you, Rio. Sorry you didn't hear your voice, bro.
2: On that note, uh-huh. we out. see y'all next time.
0: Peace.